welcome to She Thinks, a podcast where you are allowed to think for yourself. I'm your host, Beverly Hallberg, and I'm delighted to have on my friend, Julie Gunlock, who is joining me for this Christmas episode. We're going to look at the least and most festive states in the country. We're going to rake our own top Christmas movies and songs. And finally, look at the traditions that we love to love and love to hate. A little bit more about Julie as she comes on. Julie Gunlock directs Independent Women's Network. She is also the Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday co-host of WMAL FM's Morning Drive radio show, O'Connor and Company. She is the author of the book From Cupcakes to Chemicals, How the Culture of Alarmism Makes Us Afraid of Everything and How to Fight Back. Fight back. And of course, she is the host of one of IWF's podcasts, The Bespoke Parenting Hour. Julie, a pleasure to have you on today. Am I dressed appropriately? I put on my Christmas shawl. I have my Christmas earrings on. I'm trying yep. to look very festive. It's it's very festive. I really appreciate it. When I first saw you, it was just a white blouse. I was a little concerned that you weren't coming festive enough, but I realized it was all the additions that you were going right. to put on to bring you into I did spirit. Have a, I did have a, a star on top of my head, but I removed <laughs> that. I thought that might be distracting. And this just points out why people should watch our podcast, not just listen to them, because then you get this type of flavor. I am wearing my Christmas dress that I break out every year. And I have to admit, Christmas is my favorite holiday of the year. Is Christmas yours or where where do you rank holidays? 100% Christmas is my favorite. I start planning in October. Um, I have lists on my, I wish I could show you the list on my phone. I have one every year. And it starts about 10 days out because I do pre-baking. I have all my shopping lists. I have when I need to decorate, you know, things like when you need to add the leaf into the dining room table because people are coming over. Um, yes, I am. I'm very into Christmas, but I've actually reached an age, I have to say, where I don't have to buy anything else. Mm. Like I, I've, I, I feel like for a lot of years, I was sort of building up ornaments, building up decorations. Now I know what I want. I've simplified it. I have it all. So it's an easy process. I love yeah, it. I love it too. I, I did see an interesting article. I think it was in the New York Post earlier this year, right around September, October. There was a woman who she bakes everything for Christmas in advance and freezes it so that she doesn't have to do any baking the month of yeah. December, which my first thought was who has a freezer that that big, but I guess you could have an additional freezer well, to put it all in. There is a strategy, Beverly, let me tell you, because yeah. I do the same thing, because I don't want to be baking when I'm wrapping and I have to get Christmas cards out. What you do is you eat your freezer the month before, so your freezer has a lot more space in it. So you get rid of all the frozen pizzas and the, the burger meat and, you know, those pork tenderloins you threw in there. So you, you basically get rid of all that stuff which is great because then you save money because you're you're eating out of your freezer and that fills and then you fill it up with all your baked goods. Now, something that I do find so people who have children, so working moms, so they're working moms. Uh, how do you handle it all with a full time job? I know you do this baking ahead of time, but do you find yourself really stressed the month of December, or because you are organized and planned in advance, it actually works out pretty well? Yes. I am totally stressed. This is all <laughs> fake. I am right now, I've got a list a mile long. Yeah. Uh, so after this podcast, I'll be doing a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a stressful time. I mean, getting, you know, it's, it's, it's always a, a juggling 
it's a struggle because you also have to make sure your kids have their Christmas clothes set out. You have to make sure the Christmas cards go out on time. You have to get the decorations up. You know, and I have three boys and three teenagers. They're not totally excited about um, decorating the tree like they used to be. Um, although we have gotten to a phase where they don't destroy the tree or try to climb the tree or try to remove all the ornaments. So that's nice. Um, but yes, I'm very stressed. And anyone who tells you they're not is lying. They're lying. I, I find it's usually after Christmas that I relax a little bit. And I am the type of person, I'm not big into New Year's at all. I just kind of like that there is the New Year's holiday, so we have a few more days to recover from Christmas. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's that's my perspective. I stopped being interested in New Year's in my late 20s when I wanted to go to bed. <laughs> I just, I don't like to stay up late. Um, you know, I find the CNN ball dropping thing to be just a drunk fest. Um, there's no real entertainment I enjoy um that they that they have it's usually i'm sure this year it'll be taylor swift or something and sure. i'm so no i'm not i do like new year's day now there's something a little sad about new year's day because you know you're going back to work the next day and the diets well and the diets and the dry january yep right and also like the returns right you have to return the gifts you didn't want or you know you have to return things your kids didn't want um but I do like New Year's Day because that's a big cooking day. That's a big meal day. I usually make, I did the Gordon Ramsay uh, beef Wellington for two years in a row um, with my kids helping me. Um, or, you know, you do a standing rib roast or you do something that's kind of more ambitious. Um, so I do love that day because, again, that's a big cooking day for me. Well, before we get ourselves to New Year's, we are still in the very festive spirit. And I wanted us to discuss a recent study that was conducted by Inner Body Research. And they took a look at all the states in the country trying to figure out who was embracing the spirit of Christmas most and the least. So all of these findings were based on searches. So web searches, who was searching the more festive things. This was searches like ugly Christmas sweaters, jingle bells, Christmas cards, all that kind of stuff. And the most festive state that they found is West Virginia. And the mm -hmm. least was the District of Columbia. What of do you course. make of these findings? Of course, uh, the District of Columbia is a godless place. Um, it is a swamp um, and it's filled with Democrats. Um, uh, but I'm kidding about that. No, I'm not, I'm really not kidding. Um, uh, West Virginia, what a lovely state. What a lovely state. I'm not surprised by that. I think that people, and I don't know the demographics of these states, um, but I, I think there, West Virginia is probably filled with some God-fearing folks who love the season for its true meaning. Uh, and, and so that doesn't totally surprise me. I, I will say I live in Alexandria, Virginia. It's a colonial city, right? It's where George Washington had his home. And it is absolutely stunning here during the Christmas season. People really go all out. There's not a lot of, you know, you sometimes drive by, and I feel like this was throughout throughout the neighborhoods in the Midwest where I grew up, was there was a lot more sort of the crushes and, um, and, and there seemed to be a little bit more reverence during the season. I mean, here the decorations are, are a, a little less religious. 
Right. Um, but it is still beautiful. People, you know, the colonial part of Old Town Alexandria, you know, is is just gorgeous and the decorations are gorgeous. Um, so the area around Washington is still nice. And I suspect if you go into the some of the neighborhoods like Capitol Hill or Georgetown, um, that you'd see some people still celebrating the season. Well, I lived in the area, the D.C. area for 20 years. The last eight was in D.C. proper. And here's what I would say. My favorite decorations in Washington, D.C. were the wreaths on Union Station. Now, Union Station is not a safe place to go to anymore. So this is not me advocating for people to go to Union Station to check them out. Be careful. If you see something, say something. But I always found that the National Christmas tree, which is right outside the White House, was one of the ugliest trees ever. No if kidding. Wanna, if you want a pretty Christmas tree in D.C., actually go to City Center where they have a really beautiful yeah. tree there. But the White House Christmas tree is always hideous. It is hideous. And it fell over this year. Did you hear about that? Oh, I did not hear about <laughs> It fell over, which I'm like, just drag it away. First of all, they put a sheet of decorations and lights. It's not decorating. Okay. It's no, it is. If they take a big tree and then they put a sheet, it's like a, not a sheet. It's like a net. And the net has these sort of clunky looking decorations and they're all, you know, just balls and then lights and they drape that around it. So it's not pretty. It's like a cone. Yeah. It looks like a styrofoam cone. Um, so I agree with you. Um, Union Station, if you want a Christmas experience that smells like urine, I recommend going to Union Station and you might get assaulted for Christmas. That's fun. That's always fun to spend time in the I hospital. say just do the drive-by, just in a car, take a look, you know, roll you the windows know, up. If you want to know our Christmas tradition is we usually two days before Christmas, we get in the car. We all have our pajamas on. We have mugs of hot cocoa or little thermoses of hot cocoa um, or tea, me, tea. Um, and we drive around and we criticize the Christmas decorations. Now, some may say this is not the Christmas spirit, but we have really strict standards about Christmas decorations. Okay. And it is really fun to drive around and decide which are the best and which are just hideous. Um that is a really, and it's a particularly fun thing to do with teenage boys. Absolutely. So I, I think we need to get into that because one of the things I wanted to talk to you about were just Christmas decorations as a whole. I'm not sure if your family agrees with me, but I am anti the blow up Christmas decorations on the lawn. Where, where are you on inflatable Christmas decorations? I used to be anti. Oh, wow. However, um, a very dear friend of mine has some not so nice neighbors and the inflatables annoy her neighbors. <laughs> so in that case, I am very pro inflatable. Um, in general, no, I am, I am anti inflatable and I'm anti mixing light colors. Mm. You gotta choose. Okay. You got to choose. And you also, first of all, there's, I'm very, I'm very appalled by this. Some people, they will put up white lights one is the golden white light and one is the white white light. And there's even like kind of ones that kind of are bluish. No, 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 no. You have to go with one color and that includes white lights. And I cannot stand the white and colored and also the different size bulbs. You got to choose, got to choose one size. I've, yeah. there's one exception and that is I've seen people do 
they did it on their tree. And I think they're mimicking an artist where they did big bulbs, little bulbs, white, and they did, but they only did it on one tree and it was really festive looking. But yeah, I really firmly, but and the last thing I'll say on this, they now sell these sheets of lights that you throw over bushes. Hideous. I don't like Hideous it. And lazy. And, and I have to admit, so when, when you were talking about the color of white light, I ran into this problem this year. So I, I do get a live tree every year. We're going to talk about the cost of live trees, which is astronomical. But I did, I just saw white lights. So I bought white lights and it was a different color temperature. I had old lights, which were warmer. I just wanted to add more lights and it didn't work because now they have the more white, white, or like you were saying, the blue light. It's very hard to buy white lights now that match the ones you've had for a decade. Yes. Thank you, Biden administration. Yes. Thank you, Jennifer Granholm. Yes. So let's talk about the cost of a Christmas tree. I just mentioned I get a live one. Do you get a live one or use artificial? This is, this is, it, it, my husband's allergic to the sap in oh. trees. This is another thing you have to check before you marry a person. You got to say, are you allergic to the sap in the tree? And if they say yes, don't marry them because you will not then have fake Christmas trees. You don't have the smell. I know. I mean, people are like, but you know, all those pine needles that drop, that's part of it. Um, so yes, we have fake trees, but it's only because of my husband. So I'll blame him. That's that's an ex ex acceptable excuse because I, I was at first disappointed when you were talking about artificial, but I, I understand that. But it's important to put on your dating profile whether or not you're allergic to sap. So that's just for the young people listening add that. Yes. It is important. I want to talk about the cost of trees. So I was looking up the average cost. The trees start this year around $125 to $140, depending on the species. And a seven-footer Fraser fir is $220. That's so I was looking in, it's just ridiculous. I was looking up the reasons for this and I saw three. One is the recession in 2008, because trees take a while to grow. And apparently there are still these ramifications of the recession in 2008. The wildfires in Canada, because we get a lot of trees from Canada. So when we had all that orange haze around for yes. days on end. But then, of course, the obvious one, inflation itself. What do you make of the cost of trees? I can't believe it, first of all. And I think that that is another very compelling reason to have a fake tree. Sure. I drag it out of the basement every year. I put it up. It takes me 10 minutes. They're pre-lit. That's another thing. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not on the side of fake trees, but my goodness, from a cost perspective, there is no way I spent $78 on a, a thinner because we have a small house. So I buy, I have two trees Two, one is not quite pencil and pencil thin. One is just a very narrow tree. And then I do have a pencil tree and again, they are so easy. It has become cost, uh, cost prohibitive. It's become something uh, that, you know, only wealthy people, live trees are yet another one of these signs of if you're wealthy, you can have a live tree, um, but otherwise you can't. And I don't, I, I, it, it probably had, and because I've had a fake tree for so long, I haven't seen the prices and this shocks me. And so I'm going to change my position officially. Don't go for a live tree. It's a waste of money. It's dead. You put it on the curb like two weeks later. So I think, I think, and, and it's, it's too bad, but again, you know, everything's expensive. Every yeah. single thing. This is by far the most expensive uh, Christmas we've ever had. So um, I, I want to just note one other thing that I yeah. noticed. I always put greenery out. I have a bunch of these ginger jars all over my house. 
And they're usually, they just have the lids on them. But during Christmas, I take the lids off and I put magnolia branches or um, pine branches, fir branches, whatever. And um, I went to my local greenery store and a packet of magnolia branches that would have probably filled maybe one and a half ginger jars was $78. What? $78 for a package of magnolia leaves, which are very Christmassy. And then I went over to the holly and that was another $25 for a couple branches of holly. And the worst part is they take the cuttings off the Christmas tree. You know, they trim them, they trim the bottoms and they put some twine around them. And I got one bunch that was really small. It's on my dining room table. I just kind of spread them out on my dining room table, $25 now. So I don't have as much greenery around the house because I'm not going to spend that money. So, and I have sympathy for the greener for, you know, because people probably aren't spending, they're probably not, they're right. you know buying Christmas trees. So they've got to make money however they can. Um, but those trimmings used to be given away. Yeah. That's why I went there. Cause I, you know, and, and so I get it. It was, it's fine. And I bought a small package, but that's another sign of just the insanity out there and how it's kind of hard to be festive and, and do those normal traditions when you have to cut corners. And I will say that even though trees do cost a lot and I understand why people would forego it, one of the things that I've always loved, my favorite Christmas tradition is growing up, we always got a live tree. So we went as a family, Everybody got to pick out the, the tree, figure it out. There's some fighting going on about which tree was best. And it was this whole day. It was a whole day. Go get the tree. So I, I find that the experience itself is nice. And one of the things I did this year is you can cut off some of the bottom branches if it's a pretty full tree and use those branches yeah. as greenery. So yeah. there's, there's multi-purpose. But you were saying this to me before we got on the podcast, which is there's also a, a problem with live Christmas trees or a potential problem that is they can be filled with bugs. And so mm. I do want to, I do want to say, so I, I grew up in California where it was never cold around December, maybe in January gets a little bit cold. So we always sprayed our trees. I just thought that that's what everybody did everywhere. You just spray your yeah. trees, you get all the bugs off. Apparently that's not what you do in cold States, um, but that's how we mitigated it. But what was this about? Is this a thing now that, that I have seen two stories. Yeah. As you mentioned, I also co-host a radio program, which you're often a co-host on, on that always show said. as well. Yeah. WMAL. And so far, we've talked about two stories. One, there was in, I think this was Florida, there was a, a iguana or a lizard, something horrifying. And then in another story, there was a baby possum I saw down that in a tree. Now, there's some question as to whether she brought the possum in with the tree or if the possum snuck in and then was like, what's natural? And like ran to the tree. <laughs> um, but still horrifying. Still horrifying. I think so that woman got work gloves on and released the poor possum. But uh, yeah, pretty scary. Another reason for a fake tree. There you go. I think that's what what we may have settled on in this. Well, to round out our conversation, I thought we could go to what people do talk about every Christmas, which are top Christmas movies and songs. And I am all for saying what our least favorites are. I do think it's fascinating. So one of the popular Christmas songs every year is, of course, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. This woman has made millions Every season off of this song. And I have to say, good for her. Yes. And you know that that song was a part of a very popular Christmas movie, Love Actually, which everybody cites as their favorite. And it's my least favorite because you can't watch it with the kids because nope. there's that scene. There's that scene. There's also some colorful language that I'm 
I'm sort of less concerned about, especially having teenagers, although, you know, I don't let them watch, you know, crazy movie, you know, movies with a lot of bad language. Um, but that's another issue that you can't watch Love Actually. Love Actually, some of the plots, because it's a, you know, a compilation of stories are so fun, but can't watch Love Actually. Mm -hmm. Kind of a disappointment. But yes, Mar Mariah Carey, that debuted on that show. Um, and uh, yeah, she's a billionaire now because of it. So what is your favorite Christmas songs? And do you have any least favorite? But Little Drummer Boy is always mm -hmm. my favorite Christmas song. And my least favorite is that one where the woman's going, Mary, did you know? Oh. <laughs> because And, you know, I don't want to steal someone's thunder here because Amelia Hamm actually wrote this great column on like best and worst Christmas songs. And we had her on the radio show and she was so funny because she brought up this is, this is, it, we both agreed that the, the, this was our worst, our least favorite Christmas song. And Amelia just said, she knew, she knew, trust me, she knew. I know you've dedicated an entire three minute song to this question, but Mary knew. So yeah. it's a, uh, and I just, it's kind of a, it's annoying. I find that song annoying. Do you like so that my, song? yeah, my favorite, I will say anything by Bing Crosby is always really good around the Christmas yeah. time. So that the classics from a, uh, Christmas Carol, spiritual Carol, I love O Come O Come Emmanuel. So that's, it's, it has definitely a minor key to it, but I just think it's beautiful and the harmonies and the message least favorite, not because I don't like Spanish, but Feliz Navidad, the tune itself, I think is one of the most annoying. You're so racist. Beverly. You know, I know I should be kicked off this podcast. It's really, it's really a shame. Um, moving to movies. I'm very particular about Christmas movies. Most of them I don't like. Yeah, me too. Um, really hate. It's a wonderful life. Wait, <laughs> how can you hate that movie? I just do. It's I, I don't. So this is why I don't like Christmas Carol either. I don't like dream movies. Or going back in time. I don't, those type of movies just don't appeal to me. So, how, yeah. How about, how about the original Miracle on 34th Street? It's okay. It's not my favorite. It's okay. What I do you like? What's your favorite? I do like White Christmas. I can't stand White Christmas. I see. I like the music. It's probably more, I always watched it with my grandmother growing up. So there's some nostalgia Although I just there. Say White Christmas is a great background movie. Yeah. Because sure. of the music. Sure. You can like, be, you'll be in the kitchen making gingerbread men. And that's a great movie to have on in the background. I did realize I watched it this year and I hadn't thought about it to this extent, but they have a whole song and dance routine about minstrel shows, which I was like, mm, I'm surprised this hasn't been canceled. Right. So something to watch out for Weird. if it's on in the, the background. Um, yeah. So yeah, love White Christmas and love Elf. Oh, love Elf. Yeah. I, for the first time ever, saw Family Vacation, fa okay. Holiday Vacation. Was Do you it like it? Holiday? Christmas Vacation. Sorry. Uh, okay. That is the dumbest movie I've ever seen. And I could not stop laughing. I could not stop laughing. And I kept looking at my husband going, how did this ever get made? This is the dumbest movie I've ever watched. And I was laughing so, so much. It's, it's very fun. It's very fun. Well, last question I have for you before you go, and I know this has just been kind of a conversation. We hope people have enjoyed it. You can always um, reach out to us and let us know what your favorite Christmas traditions are and least favorite. But what is the holiday treat that you must have at your family gatherings? So there's a, 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 a well, this is a little weird. My mother, my whole maternal side of the family is French Canadian. 
And so we always have a number of French Canadian foods. Um, and our favorite is called, my favorite is called croton, which is essentially a poor man's pate. And it's made with ground pork and an onion and allspice and nutmeg. And then you grind it up. Now, when my grandmother made it, my great-grandmother made it, she, would, she wouldn't get ground pork. They didn't have it. She would get a gigantic pork butt. And if you're familiar with pork butt from barbecuing, it has a tremendous amount of fat on it. Right. Well, today, if you go to the grocery store, ground pork, it has some fat in it, but it's not as fatty. So there would be a layer. And I can still remember this. I can still remember this because my mother was making it, you know, in the 70s and 80s. And I can still remember, and I can remember my grandfather eating it this way. There would be the sort of meat on the bottom, but a layer of white fat on top. And my grandfather would scrape the white fat and spread it on toast. This is actually done in Russia too. Like a lot of cultures eat that. Anyway, now it's very lean. It's very lean because we just buy the ground pork in the grocery store, which is, it has, a, again, a certain amount of fat, probably 15 or 20%. But anyway, so that mm. is my favorite holiday tradition. Again, I admit it doesn't sound appetizing. <laughs> I mean, you do you. <laughs> it was something about the spreading the pork fat. Okay. At least I don't hate the most treasured Christmas. Yes. yes. I am the Grinch. Okay. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I know yes. it doesn't sound good, but it is. And, uh, and, and, and what is your treat, Beverly? So my treat, I'll end with this. Um, something my family has made for years is English toffee. I'll just say an organization I worked at in DC, it did win the banking challenge at Christmas that year. So English toffee, four <laughs> ingredients, some almonds, butter, chocolate, and English sugar. toffee versus meat spread. <laughs> Who wins? <laughs> Who wins? We'll let people tweet and and let us know who they thought won. But it is, to me, this was a win because I got to spend 30 minutes of you just chatting with my girlfriend. And so yes. I want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. And I want to wish everybody listening a Merry Christmas as well. Julie Gunluck, always fun to chat with you. Always. Merry Christmas. And thank you all for joining us. Before we go, IWF does want you to know that we rely on the generosity of supporters like you. An investment in IWF fuels our efforts to enhance freedom, opportunity, and well-being for all Americans. So please consider making a small donation to IWF by visiting iwf.org backslash donate. iwf.org backslash donate. And last, if you enjoyed this episode of She Thinks, do leave us a rating or review. It does help, and we love it if you shared this episode so your friends can know where they can find more She Thinks. From all of us here at IWF, Thanks for watching.